0: Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 154. I wanted to talk this week about a subject that new photographers and students ask me about all the time, and that is aperture, how it works, and how it affects your photographs. Many new photographers and students don't quite understand how aperture works or what it does for your images. And I find the easiest way to explain it to them is to think of aperture on your lens as the same thing as the pupil in your eye. Now, the way your pupil works is when there's lots of light, especially sunlight on a summer day, Your pupil gets really small to reduce the amount of light coming in, so you don't need lots of light to see, or because you don't need lots of light to see. Now, how your pupil can only close down so small during the summer sun, when it's incredibly bright, or your eyes are sensitive to bright light, that's when you need sunglasses to help cut that light down even more. Now, when you're in a dark environment, indoors or at nighttime, your pupil opens up much wider and allows your light to take or your eyes to take in more light from the environment in order to see better. Or if you've ever been to the eye doctor and had to have your eyes dilated for part of your annual exam, you know the doctor puts in some special drops that make your pupils open up all the way. And then the light becomes overpowering. And generally, after they run the tests they have to run, they give you a pair of throwaway sunglasses to wear home until the drops wear off and your pupils work normally once again. So the aperture on your lens works in the same way. The wider your lens aperture can open, the more light gets into your camera sensor and the easier it is to make your image. So if you have, let's say, a 50 millimeter f1.2 lens. That lens can open extremely wide and gather tons of light from the available light in your environment as you're shooting. If it's a really sunny day and you are shooting outside, you might need to stop down that aperture to f5.6 or maybe even f8 or f11 to reduce the amount of light getting to your sensor so you don't end up with an image that's completely what we call blown out, or so bright you can't really make out anything that's in it. And believe it or not, it can actually happen. Now, if you're trying to shoot, let's say daytime long exposure to get that silky look to a waterfall, or the calm sheet of glass look on a lake, or river, or pond, then your lens needs sunglasses of its own, or what's known as a neutral density or ND filter. Now, I talked about filters before in an episode not too long ago. You can find it if you search in your favorite podcatcher. Now, the ND filters will help cut the light down even more, just like regular sunglasses do for your eyes. Now, if you're a student or hobbyist photographer, you might not have the money right away to buy a really wide aperture lens because those lenses are very expensive and usually quite heavy as well. So if the best you have is, say, an f3.5 to 5.6 lens like your typical 18 to 55 millimeter kit lens that comes with your camera, then you need to compensate by using your shutter and your ISO. Now, first, you want to adjust the shutter. That's always preferred, because when you introduce more ISO, or make your sensor more sensitive to light, you're going to start introducing what we call noise, or light artifacts that look like speckles of snow in your images, which is something you don't want. Now, if you need a faster shutter, but don't have a really wide aperture lens... Then you might want to compensate for the low light by using a strobe or continuous light system if the situation allows for either one. Now that we've explained aperture a little bit and how it works and relates to the people in your eyes, hopefully it'll give you a little bit better understanding of why professional photographers like to use lenses with apertures of f2.8 or f1.4 or f1.2. But there's another reason why they love those wide lenses, and that is the effect that aperture has on depth of field in your images. Now, if you're not sure what I mean by depth of field, that is the part of your image that is tack sharp in focus, and how much of the background is out of focus. Both of these items are also affected by the aperture capabilities of your particular lens. Now, I'm going to take a short break here, and I'll be right back with you. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. All right, and we're back. So, continuing on with other things that Aperture have to do with your images, let's say you're shooting a portrait. Now, most photographers and clients want only the subject, which in the case of a portrait is a person or maybe a couple, in focus with all of the distracting background out of focus as much as possible so that the main focal point in the image is the people and not the trees or whatever else is behind them in the background. Now, the shallow depth of field you get using a wider aperture like f2.8 or f2 or even f1.2 is how we get that creamy background blur or bokeh, which is so pleasing. In portraits. And of course, it uh, cuts down on the distractions from the background and makes the subject the focal point of the image. Makes for a much stronger and more pleasing image. Now, however, if you're a landscape or architectural photographer where everything needs to be in focus for your work, Then you want to use a smaller aperture to get those results, which is why when I shoot real estate or for my Forgotten Pieces series, I tend to use an aperture of f8 so that everything in the shot is in sharp focus and all the details are there and not lost. To better show how aperture affects depth of field, I've included an animated GIF in the show notes that will allow you to see for yourself how the different aperture settings affect how many of the little plastic characters, these little toys, are in sharp focus. Now the toys are in a line on a table, and as the animation shows the changes in aperture, you can see that more and more of the toys come into focus and become sharper and easier to see. So hopefully after this episode, All of my listeners will have a little bit better understanding of how aperture works and how it affects your images when you capture them. Understanding your camera gear and how everything works will make you a better photographer, whether you're a student, hobbyist, or aspiring to be a professional someday. Knowledge is the most powerful tool in your journey as a photographer, as I've said many times before, and as the great Ansel Adams once said, Quote, the most important part of the camera is the 12 inches behind it. All right, this is going to wrap up episode 154 of the Liam Photography Podcast. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at at ForgottenPiecesOfGeorgia.com and ForgottenPiecesOfPennsylvania.com. Okay, now remember, if you're interested in picking up a signed copy of my first book, The Forgotten Pieces of Georgia in the Northwest Counties, you can get a signed copy at the Photography.net online store, or if you prefer an unsigned copy, you can get one at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, either one. Also, be sure to stop by on YouTube and check out the Liam Photography YouTube channel. Um, I've got quite a few videos on there. I haven't posted a new one for a little bit now because of the move and everything, but I'm planning to get back into it really soon. And I do, as I mentioned in a previous episode, have the new uh, Blackmagic Design Pocket Cinema 4K camera that I'm going to start using for my YouTube videos. Uh, You can also check out the YouTube channels for Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Pennsylvania. Please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Watch the videos, like them, comment, especially if you have information on any of the buildings in any of the counties in either of those states. Please be sure to share that information, I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, Share out the channels with your friends and family on social media and elsewhere so they can check them out as well, I'd greatly appreciate that. So I want to thank you all once again for taking the time out of your busy schedules to listen to this and any of the other episodes of the show. The best way to support the show is to subscribe, rate, and review an Apple podcast, Google podcast, or anywhere else you might get your podcasts. And I will see you all again this Sunday for the latest news and rumors.